They love game shows. They love wrestling. They love sports and violence. So what do we do? We give them what they want. One thing about Big Sexy, he likes the good war. Of course you realize this means war. Oh, hell yeah. As of this moment, we are at war. Well, brother, you got a war. This is the people's war. Bring it. Our parents' war is about to become ours. Hey, yo. And so began the war. Hello, my friends. Welcome to a very, very special episode of <laughs> WGW. My name is Jeff Moss. And I'm Ian Carey. And we are here in this weird, like, ditch between... We're, we're in a ditch? Yeah, between, like, oh. where on one side is the absolutely incredible thing that is WCW Uncensored, oh. and on the other side is the wonderful event and exciting pay-per-view known as WrestleMania 13. And we're just right in the middle of it right now, and everything is so weird. Everything is very (laughs) weird at this point in 1997. It's a very... uh, WWE is in a period of significant change, Mm -hmm. and WCW is in a period of significant not changing what they do at (laughs) all in any way. Yes, they're cornering the market on stagnation. (laughs) <laughs> yes, they're trying. In to fact, I, I believe that was in the running for the name of their second TV show. So instead of WCW <laughs> Thunder, it would be WCW Stagnation. Oh, man. Watch as everything stays in the same place it was before. Are we going to have to start reviewing Thunders? Oh, God, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're skipping over Saturday night. I don't know if we need to do the uh, the Thunder. But anyways, we've I got... Th- I don't think they come in for, for a few years still, I don't think. Yeah. We've got a ton of stuff to get to this week because uh, on the Raw side, as I mentioned, we have the go-home show for WrestleMania 13. <laughs> so that's a very big deal. Very famous episode as well. It feels like I'm saying that a lot about Raw these days, but that's because yeah. it is. Well, um, it's the, it's the build-up to WrestleMania, right? Like, they always do things big, and WrestleMania 13 is a very significant WrestleMania in their mm-hmm. history. So, yeah, like, this is an important period in WWE for sure. Mm-hmm. And then we have WCW that is just like, <laughs> here is a frying pan that is our company, and let's just <laughs> whip things into it and see if we can make an omelet, because... Uncensored, the (laughs) pay-per-view, and then the following Nitro. Okay. (laughs) So, so, yeah, we should probably... Oh, and and we have a fun announcement at the end of the show, too. So I'm going to do what they call a tease and be like, hey, (laughs) stick around for that. And, uh, hey, stick around for that. So, but now let's talk about Raw. All right. Bitch, you know what I think? It doesn't matter what your opinion is! And if you're not down with that, then we've just got two words for you. Oh, hell yeah! It is coming to us on St. Patrick's Day 1997, it is. <laughs> My great-grandfather's just spun in their graves. <laughs> cool. um, yeah, from Syracuse, New York, Raw, this is a very, very important Raw for one story. 
Mm-hmm. One major story that still gets talked about to this day, and, and you see footage of all the time. Um, but first, we got to get through a whole bunch of stuff that doesn't matter. So, <laughs> strap in. Uh, on this episode of Raw, the Legion of Doom defeated Savio Vega and Crush by DQ. It's just a little crush, crush. Ahmed Johnson is watching TV in the back, and he shows us why wrestlers watch TV at that weird angle. Because he I is, noticed this. Yeah, he yes. is watching TV head on like a normal person, and what happens? Farouk attacks him. A flood of questions went through my mind, <laughs> and I thought to myself. Is this the first incident of like someone watching properly and then getting attacked, leading to all other mm-hmm. people watching with their heads tilted at an angle? Mm-hmm. Or is this just a case of everybody was trying to tell Ahmed Johnson how to watch the TV <laughs> and he just didn't listen? He, he was like, I know how to watch a TV. I put my face <laughs> and I face forward at the TV. You guys are saying something different. I know that's wrong. I've done this mm-hmm. before. Yes. Well, I, I kind of thought maybe Farouk or someone in the back was like, hey, you know how if we don't watch TV at that weird angle, we get beat up a lot? Yeah. Do you think that's still true? I haven't tried it in a few years. I don't know. You want to convince Ahmed to try? Yeah, let's try that. You know, and they kind of set him up for it to see. And they're like, oh, geez. Yeah, I guess that still happens. All right. Nobody yeah, watched TV that way anymore. Uh, so after that, Farouk runs down to the ring and hits Animal of the Legion of Doom with a nightstick to cause said DQ. Uh, after the match, the nation beats down the Legion of Doom, but Ahmed runs down with his giant wood and cleans house, uh, nearly killing the PG-13 members, but not quite getting there, so I can't give him a point <laughs> for that. And as you recall, those guys will fight at WrestleMania in a street yeah. fight. I'm I'm oddly kind of looking forward to that match. Um mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the Legion, the Legion of Doom, obviously, still at this point, are a big deal. When they come out, they have that Road Warrior pop, that sort a of rush, buzz that they bring. And Ahmed Johnson really brings like an atmosphere of danger, <laughs> uh, like real danger <laughs> that I think adds to, to this match. Because I remember, I, I don't know if it was the last pay-per-view, but like Ahmed Johnson was in this segment where he put through put somebody from the Nation of Domination through a table, and it just looked like it looked like you know they'd never been trained on how to mm. wrestle before at all, and they were just going through the most. It looked really dangerous. I was like, well, a whole bunch of stuff like that is going to happen <laughs> at WrestleMania, so I guess this will be pretty interesting. I yeah, I don't remember the match, but I'm I'm excited to see it. Uh, in other news, uh, Triple H Hunter Hearst Helmsley defeated Flash Funk, a man who I saw on a certain wrestling documentary series oh, yeah. recently, and he is really mad. Too Cold Scorpio, Flash Funk? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a really angry dude. He was, uh, well, you talk about uh, the Legion of Doom. I mean, Flash Funk tried to murder Hawk while they were mm-hmm. in North Korea. Maybe this. And there's so many poor decisions. If you don't know, on the dark side of the ring, Flash Funk tells this story about like getting really mad at Hawk, Road Warrior Hawk, while they're in uh, that North Korea show that was put mm-hmm. on by WCW. And it's just and, and so he was like, all right, making a, a shiv like I'm going to stab Hawk. And there's just so many bad decisions. There. <laughs> like, first of all, stabbing someone is a poor decision. Even if the person deserves to be stabbed, it's going to cause some problems in your life. (laughs) So a poor decision there. 
stabbing someone in North Korea <laughs> is really a poor decision. Well, first of all, going to North Korea, you know, so just yeah. a lot of poor Mistakes decisions were made. made. You're going to go to North Korea and murder someone. It was like, no, you, sir, are going to sit in a chair and rethink decisions that you're, you've made. After the match, China gets a cheap shot in on Funk, so maybe that's why he's so mad. I don't know. Uh, later in the show, European champion British Bulldog defeated Vader by DQ to retain his title. And after the match, uh, Vader attacks Owen Hart. Because mm-hmm. I guess he got confused, and uh, Bulldog hits everybody, and that's the end of that. Uh, we also had uh, Mini Gold Dusk and Mascarita Sagrada Jr. taking on Mini Mankind and Mini Vader. Um, Sagrada pinned Mini Mankind with a roll up. I like to think that in this match they wanted uh, like Mascarita Sagrada to be a like Mini Undertaker or something, and he was just like, no. No, no, I'm I'm, just, I'm famous just... in Mexico. You guys can, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because everybody else is a mini WWE guy, and then he's like, no, no, no I'm, I'm gonna be my luchador. That's <laughs> that's just not gonna happen. Look at it. Wish you had it, and eat your heart out. <laughs> uh, this raw was also starring jobbers, huh? Pretty cool. Uh, the Sultan defeated Mike Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, now, for those, the Jabba report on him is that uh, Bell is best known for an incident with Perry Saturn during a jacked slash a metal uh, incident. Bell and Saturn both screwed up a, a move, causing Saturn to land on the mat headfirst. Um, yeah. Neither one of them sustained injury, but... And allegedly, like, Saturn would be punished by management and given a mop. Um, <laughs> but uh, Bell died in 2008. No word on what he did afterwards. Yeah. So, there you go. Oh, yeah. I remember that thing with Saturn. I didn't I didn't put two and two together with this mm-hmm. guy here. Kind of went into business for themselves. So, uh, Rocky Maivia is on commentary for this because of the, the Sultan. And uh, after the match, the Sultan has a stare down with Rocky. And then Tony Atlas runs in. It's like, hey, Rocky, I teamed with your dad. See, I I loved this whole segment because I just treated it like it was a prequel to the Young Rock series, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's so many things from Rock's life that were all coming together. Like, Iron (laughs) Sheik is managing the Sultan, who's Rikishi, who's, you know, and then Tony Atlas, who teamed with his dad. I was like, this is Young Rock. This is great. I'm watching an episode of Young Rock from 1997. And I, I love that. Like, Young Rock. Such a fantastic show. I loved season one. I can't wait for season two. It is way better than it had any right to be. Oh, my like. God, yes. And The Rock will get in the ring and do exactly what he does best, and that is layeth the smacketh down on your candy ass. Also on the show, Billy Gunn defeated Aaron Ferguson. Do we have a jobber report on Aaron Ferguson? Why, yes. It says Aaron Ferguson is an American professional wrestler. Okay. So there you go. (laughs) Uh, Ken Shamrock is on commentary for the match for some reason. And uh, after Gunn wins the match, Gunn starts taunting him. So uh, Shamrock gets in the ring and puts him in an arm bar. And uh, Gunn taps out pretty quickly. Then it happens like four or five more times for no reason. Maybe they were short on time. Uh, Maybe. Or long on time. Uh, but Gunn is so just overwhelmed by these arm bars that he gets out of the ring, grabs a chair, and tries to get back in the ring, but the referees have to stop him. So we didn't really accomplish much there. Wonderful! 
at this point in the show, you're probably thinking to yourself, well, where's what about Shawn Michaels' smile? What's, <laughs> what's happening with that? Uh, Shawn Michaels' music hits and makes his way down to the ring to be interviewed by Vince. Michaels jokes about finding the smile he lost about a month ago. So that's great. Yeah, great. Fantastic. Yeah. Let's put a smile on that face. I think he said he had left it in a, a pair of khaki pants mm. he hadn't worn in a while. He, yeah, since since he wears the blazers with no shirt underneath, it's it's hard yes. to find pockets. Yeah. Um, McMahon asks about his knee, which Michael says uh, is coming along, and he'll be back sooner than later. Really? Uh, and uh, <laughs> he mentions that WrestleMania is right around the corner, and he was waiting for a phone call to ring, but it never did, uh, implying that he wasn't invited uh, for some reason. Yeah, uh, uh, I have a question about this. Sean... You told everyone you were leaving to find your smile. So that's why you weren't invited to Vince's birthday party. You, si- you said you were away. You, you specifically RSVP'd no, and they had to take the title off you. So now you're upset you weren't invited? You know what? Fine. Yeah. Well, he decides to get revenge for this by declaring, inviting himself to WrestleMania and uh, declaring that he will do commentary for the championship match, um, which brings us to the the main storyline of the episode, the main storyline of the company right now that I'm calling Caged Heart. So off the top, for no reason whatsoever, uh, Vince McMahon wonders if the cage match tonight will be for the world championship. Well, that's weird. Uh, didn't we say it was going to? But I don't know. What do you think? Maybe? Yeah, what was that? Why were they doing that? They, <sighs> Maybe they, they saw they WCW randomly... and they were like, no one knows what the hell's going on with their titles, so it seems to be working. All right, we're losing to WCW. What are they doing that we're not? Well, sometimes they have title matches where the audience doesn't know if the title's on the line. Perfect. We're going to do that. That was their Starcade main event. We're going to put it free on Raw. <laughs> they did that. I they believe you meant. <laughs> they mentioned this like partway through the show. They were like, there's a rumor. Some people aren't sure if this is for the title. We'll see if we can get to the bottom of this. I'm like, you're the owner of the company. You know, right now. Tell me right now. And then we're at the bottom of it and it's done. But well. no, it's all right. The good news is that uh, Gorilla Monsoon has heard your complaints. And, oh, really? Like, within 10 minutes of McMahon being like, I wonder if it's for the title. They have an inset with him being like, yes, it's for the title. Go away now. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Bret Hart <laughs> makes his way down to the ring for an interview with Kevin Kelly, and Hart believes he deserves some respect in the WWF. Uh, he says there's a new motto in the WWF, which is the first collectible appearance of uh, Bret screwing up this phrase and saying, you scratch my back, I'll stab yours. Um, Mm -hmm. It will become a prominent feature. Uh, Steve Austin then cuts a promo and calls Shamrock an overrated piece of trash. Austin will punch Shamrock out if he doesn't call the match fair at WrestleMania 13. Psycho Sid jumps in and tells Steve Austin to keep his ass out of his business. Which is just, just opens a lot of doors. <laughs> I just, like, uh, I, I, we can do a whole show on just like the potential meaning of what Sid is trying to get at here. Uh, and we then, can do a whole podcast series just breaking down things Sid said and then trying to make sense of them right like like okay these are the words he said they don't work semantically but what do we think the meaning was in this order they're not 
a full sentence, but <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like a jigsaw puzzle. It's like we've got all the pieces. Mm-hmm. We just need to figure out how we just gotta to place s- them. We just got to find the corners and start building those edges, you know? Yeah. Undertaker responds to this by saying, and pushing over the cage that's backstage waiting to be assembled. So I guess he hates cages. <laughs> but this is all, of course, building up to the main event, which is world champion Psycho Sid against Bret Hart in a steel cage match for the title. These are all established things. We have established what is going on here. So, uh, Hart attempts to climb out of the, uh, the cage, but Sid slams him off the top to the mat. Sid goes for the door a few times, but gets grabbed by the foot like you do. Uh, so Steve Austin runs down, and um, he climbs up the cage and begins to punch Sid while they're doing that thing where they sit on top of the cage, and they're like, oh, my balls. Um, yeah. Uh, Austin and Hart then double team Sid on top of the cage. Sid is dragged back to the cage by Hart as the Undertaker runs down, and now everyone's brawling on top of the cage. Uh, Taker knocks Austin off the cage. Hart brings Sid back down to the mat with a superplex. Austin smashes Taker over the back of the chair with the floor. So they fight a bunch, and uh, Taker runs over and whips the cage into Hart's face as he's trying to escape. <laughs> So Sid's able to drop down from the top and win the match, retaining the title. After the match, Sid celebrates while uh, Hart is left being pissed off. Very angry indeed. Yes. I I would use the word frustrated to describe him, but Mm -hmm. I would later learn that frustration or frustrated isn't even the word for it. No, no. Yes. Um, So Vince... Uh, approaches the ring to interview Brett, and Brett grabs a uh, microphone and tells him, this is all bullshit! And pushes McMahon. So this is a big, big deal uh, in that, first of all, we've all seen this footage, this push that Brett Mm -hmm. does inside the cage. This is also one of the last times they use the big blue cage. And uh, so it's the first time that anyone's really kind of so blatantly challenged Vince as owner of the company. It's been referred to a couple of times, and like stuff like that, but like no one has ever really done this. And it's really interesting when you consider like how far Steve Austin would ride that gimmick, you know, him right. and Mr. McMahon. But really, that whole thing started here and now with Bret Hart, and then they do the double turn. Yeah, so they've mentioned, uh, like as you said, they've mentioned that Vince is the owner a couple of times, but it's not playing into storylines. Mm-hmm. Like, case in point, the whole thing about Vince not knowing if this was a title shot, he needed Gorilla Monsoon to confirm that for him. So mm-hmm. there is some understanding that Vince might be the owner, but Gorilla Monsoon is the one who's like setting the matches and, and, and yeah. stuff like that. So Vince isn't really like an authority figure on air. Um, but when Brett shoves Vince, right, the fans are aware that Vince is the owner of the company and that Brett is angry at the mm-hmm. company. Right. Like that's sort of implied. It's, it's the first sort of breaking of corporate kayfabe. Yes. Yeah. And it's also what happens after this match is also really the beginning of the double turn at WrestleMania 13, mm-hmm. because Brett has been cutting these sort of bitter sounding promos for several weeks now. But this was really the breaking point. This is the one where it's like, OK, now Brett's frustration level has crossed a threshold and that's basically and you can hear fans start to boo mm-hmm. right so the fans are are starting to turn on Brett here 
And when we get to WrestleMania 13, it's not like Brett's a heel going into that match, but the, the tone has been set a little bit, right? Like Mm it, it's not like Brett goes into WrestleMania 13, 100% a true blue baby face. There has been hints of his anger and his bitterness over constantly being unfairly denied the world Mm -hmm. title that is now sort of, and it actually reminds me a little bit of when Christian turned heel right after edge retired. Mm. I don't know if too many people remember this, but Christian, he won the world title for the first time ever. Edge helped him. He beat Alberto Del Rio for it. And then like the next week he loses it to Randy Orton. And Christian's heel turn starts then because he starts getting bitter and frustrated Mm -hmm. and he keeps asking for one more match. I deserve one more match. And in many ways, he was like justified for asking for that one more match. But the fans are picking up on how bitter he's becoming. He's becoming so bitter that it's turning him selfish and the fans turn on him for it. Mm -hmm. The same thing's happening for Brett. He's so upset that he's been denied the world title. And in storyline, he's right. He has been unfairly cost the world title. He was going to win the title uh, in this match until somebody from the outside came and hit him with the chair. He only lost the title um, because Austin hit him with a chair in mm-hmm. that the, the previous title match there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Brett is right. He is absolutely in the right. But because... He's so he's allowed that bitterness to completely envelop him mm-hmm. to the point where he's shoving Vince McMahon, the owner of the company, who's still a, like who's a baby face at this point. Mm. He's not really anything. But yeah, obviously, like Brett shoving Vince is significant because it yeah. shows Brett is now so upset. He's taking it out on others, even if they maybe don't necessarily or even if those people aren't necessarily the ones to blame for his problems. Yeah, and even just in terms of, like, perception now, what he's mm-hmm. doing, essentially, is yanking the hood off of Vince McMahon and revealing him to be the mastermind. And I'd have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for these blasted kids and their dogs. Yes. You yes. know what I mean? Like, like, if this was a Marvel movie, this is when we'd find out that the mild-mannered uh, secretary is actually, you know... Thanos in disguise or whatever like mm-hmm. the, and that's it I don't think that moment gets enough credit for really um kicking like to me that's that's almost where the new era really begins yeah it's because it's your really... whole perception of the company has changed mm-hmm. well you yeah your whole perception of the company changes because you're right like Vince McMahon's role in the company pre and post Bret Hart shove are mm-hmm. different right like He's just the commentator who, yeah, owns the company, but we don't really mention it that much. To now, like, Bret Hart is so ticked at the company that he has just shoved Vince McMahon down. And now, all of a sudden, Vince is, st- is part of storylines. Mm-hmm. He'd never really been part of storylines before. But Bret made him yep. part of this. Yep, and that, that credit usually goes to Austin, and not to take away from the, the stuff that Austin and McMahon did that was fantastic. <laughs> um, but really, it starts here, and that's that's what's really oh, cool about it. Absolutely, it does start yep. here. So many things about where WWE will go in the future started right here. Mm-hmm. Still do. And, yes, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, th- this was a, a very significant episode of WWE Raw, and I I was thinking about this. 
I don't think there has ever been a more significant quote unquote go home show. Mm -hmm. For those that don't know, the go home show is your last show before the pay-per-view. I can't think of any more significant go home show in the history of wrestling. Can you? No. I can't I mean, like off the top, top of my, my head. head this, but, I, I yeah. can't. I mean, may, yeah, like, I, you know, I go back to like maybe Daniel Bryan uh, like, at WrestleMania 30 might have done something like like who knows. But off the top of my head, I totally can't think yeah. of more significant go home show in wrestling history. And how does that go home show end? Well, everyone starts brawling in the ring as they want to do. Uh, and uh, Taker and Sid are down there and Austin's down there and everyone's fighting. And then Shawn Michaels appears at the top of the aisle way because we don't want to leave him out and uh, <laughs> comes down to the ringside area. He grabs a chair, then doesn't do anything with it as Raw comes to an end. So, yeah. I wish it would have ended like if they had just like done a close up of Shawn Michaels face as he like slowly cracked a smile. Like like taking like 15 seconds to just like and then you hear in the background, he's smiling. Shawn Michaels is smiling. Tune in this Sunday at WrestleMania. <laughs> and then it really would have been the most significant go home show in wrestling. <laughs> no matter how significant this week's episode of Raw is though, Nothing is less significant than WCW Uncensored <laughs> from March 16th, 1997, uh, coming to us from North Charleston, South Carolina. Um, I've titled this entire segment, Nothing Matters and No One Cares. <laughs> Put your hands in the air like you just don't care. <laughs> this entire month for WCW could be titled that. Like, let this me is just, a bungled month. I'm not even going to like mess around with Uncensored, let me run you through 80% of the pay-per-view. Okay. Uh, the heavyweight champion, Eddie Guerrero, lost the belt to Dean Malenko in a no-DQ match. Aces. Ultimo Dragon defeated Psychosis. Glacier, remember him? Uh, oh, yeah. Defeated Mortis uh, in a martial arts match that contained no martial arts, um, <laughs> okay. if I but did contain quickly... the debut of Wrath. Yeah. Okay. So Wrath comes out. This was the debut of the Mortal Kombat division. Mm -hmm. Like we've had Glacier uh, in, in, in like imitating Sub-Zero from the Mortal Kombat game mm -hmm. for some time. But this week we got the Sinister Minister. Like he's James Mitchell now, James Vanderbilt. <laughs> he comes out with Mortis, who's basically another Mortal Kombat character. Like not yeah. based on one in the game, but basically. And it's Chris. He's Cannon a creative character. Yeah, He's a Mortal yeah. Kombat creative <laughs> character, you know? Yeah. And then Wrath comes out, who's like the big baddie of the bad group. And this this sort of Mortal Kombat karate division, it doesn't get well-reviewed. It didn't really do well. But I respect the effort of trying to do something different. That's fair. And by different, I mean copying something else from another form of entertainment. <laughs> Fatality. Fair enough. Um, the American males exploded. At yes. uh, Uncensored, where Buff Bagwell defeated Scotty Riggs in a strap match. And then they tried to take down my YouTube channel 25 years later. <laughs> we'll get to that. We're, okay. <laughs> um, Harlem Heat uh, defeated Public Enemy in a Texas Tornado match, whatever that is. Uh, WCW World Television Champion Prince Ikea retained against Rey Mysterio, Rey Mysterio Jr. for 
some godforsaken reason. Uh, and then there was an interview with Diamond Dallas Page. Not a match, just an interview. Um, and uh, he's let us know that uh, he's here to make Randy Savage pay attention to him. So Randy and Elizabeth appear because they're like, well, we got to pay attention to him. He just said so. Um, and Savage is like, I had you all wrong, man. And uh, he thinks DDP is super cool now because apparently DDP's wife, Kimberly, is in Playboy. And they, mm-hmm. you know, show off some of her, her pictures with bars over there. And then Kimberly comes out as if to be like, Diamond, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, why? You were in. Yeah. What eh. the... <laughs> Who is ashamed of having. Like, if you're you know? ashamed of posing in Playboy. You wouldn't have posed in Playboy. It's mm-hmm. actually, you know, sort of a, a I don't know. Bad, I thought it was like weird badge of the pride. Way, I, you know, I thought it was weird they were playing up that this is something that DDP and Kimberly should be like embarrassed of. Yeah, you like know? they've it's been like, hiding what? it from everyone. You know? Yeah. Like, so Kimberly what? shows up and DDP gets distracted by his wife, you know, and um, they both get assaulted by Savage and Liz. Um Liz Savage grabs uh, a spray paint can, spray paints uh, NWO on Kimberly, then Liz grabs one too and paints NWO on DDP. And two things about this. One, hey, look, Elizabeth finally did something evil. All that time in the NWO must have been rubbing off on her. Uh, She doesn't actually do a lot. Like in her history in wrestling, she does a lot of just stand and be Miss Elizabeth. But here she was actually like moving her limbs uh, participating in, in uh, like a scene. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was interesting. Nice. Uh, and the other thing about this is that um, nobody, I mean nobody, uh, comes out to help. <laughs> yeah. You know, here you have a high-ranking member of the NWO beating up uh, supposedly a high-ranking member of WCW, uh, though he is best friends with Big Bubba. We did forget that. Um, and, like, and like fully assaulting a woman. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. You know? And nobody, nobody in the back is like, I maybe someone should do something about that. Jeez. <laughs> oh, but all that brings us to what is the main event, I guess, of Uncensored, which we've heard so much about. Let's lead up to this here. During the Malenko Guerrero match, uh, we're cutting back to see the outsiders standing around a knocked out Rick Steiner saying, This man needs medical attention, boy. Uh, there was it, something Scott Hall said, like, like just off, like it, it wasn't, you weren't supposed to hear it, but you just heard like kind of muffled, like, well, that guy's got a history with being a troublemaker. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I just thought it was so perfect. Uh, so in response to this, Okerlund gets a uh, statement from the remaining team WCW, which as we recall is um, Scott, the giant and Luger. Um, Scott thinks his brother would be fine. Everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. He wasn't, but Scott was verily convinced that he'll be back. Uh, Scott's thinking, I just saw this guy survive a horrific car accident. True. And he walked away just fine, so I I don't see why this is going to be a problem. Giant says he's going to start dishing out choke slams left and right. Uh, Everyone takes one big step away from him. Uh, And then Lex Luger is ready to do some damage on the NWO. So no one's really super concerned that Rick was attacked. Uh, there's a little bit of like, should we get someone else? But in the end, they don't. 
<laughs> so, yeah. I, I like that WCW is sort of entering this territory of like almost like a murder mystery. <laughs> like there's been people picking off the NWO. Like, like have we ever seen like Big Bubba or Michael Wall Street? Like have nope. they been back or are they dead? They're uh, dead they, They've been gone. <laughs> Whatever happened to them was so severe they have been off TV forever. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So what's Team Piper been up to? As we recall, Team Piper was his family, but then they were like, ah, oh, Roddy, maybe we'll just slot the four horsemen in there just so you got a chance. Um, so, uh, Roddy grabs a mic and hangs out with Gene Oberlin and says, uh, Piper's so confused about his crew. Uh, then Jarrett, McMichael, Deborah, and Chris Benoit stop by to, you know, convince Piper they're on his side. This is, though, the first time we get confirmation that the family is out and the horsemen are in. Mm-hmm. So it does accomplish that. Uh, what is Team NWO up to, you ask? Well, they remain, in fact, too sweet. <laughs> That's it. They don't really do anything. Except for the, the Rick Steiner pipe to the head or whatever got him. Not really a whole lot of NWO content until the main event. Then there was just far too much. <laughs> <laughs> so, main event of Uncensored. We have Team NWO of Hogan, Savage, Scott Hall, and Kevin Nash with Dennis Rodman uh, versus Team WCW of Luger, the Giant, and Scott Steiner, minus Rick Steiner, uh, and Team Piper, which is uh, Piper, Chris Benoit, Steve McMichael, and Jeff Jarrett, Deborah Optional. So Wait, wait, was Piper's family even out there? Nope. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Here are the rules as I understand them from the ring announcer. One member of, and this, I want you, you know, pause right here. If you haven't listened <laughs> to our last episode, our last two episodes, I'll even say, I want you to pause this one. I want you to go back and listen to them, okay? Because the odyssey of these rules has been incredible, and it doesn't stop because the match they announce here is not the match they talked about before. No, no, <laughs> it really was not. I Oh, I laughed all throughout Michael Buffer's ring introduction, mm-hmm. and, and like a hearty laugh. I had a hearty <laughs> laugh out loud, and it's because like the last few shows that we did, part of me was like, I kind of feel bad that we can't seem to make sense of what the main event is. I'm starting to think like, (laughs) you start to doubt yourself. Like, am I stupid? Yeah. I was (laughs) like, are we not doing this well enough? Like, like it was like, maybe I should have gone back and like rewatched some segments. Maybe there was something that I didn't understand. And then when they started reading this up, I was like, no, this is not our fault. This is WCW's fault. Cause none of this, none of this was mentioned at all. No. So. So here are the rules as we understand them now, as the match is starting. One member of each team starts for the first five minutes, and then someone else from each team enters in two-minute intervals until all three teams have entered the match. First I'm hearing of this. Not even mentioned, like, during this show. (laughs) Not until the ring introductions are the rules of the match mentioned at all. Uh, Last man standing wins for their team, and you can be eliminated, because it's an elimination match now, uh, by pinfall. Yeah, that, that's new. That's new. <laughs> by pinfall, submission, or being tossed over the top rope, because it's WCW. If Team NWO wins, which I think means one or any of their team members are the last ones standing, um, they can take a title match for titles they already have Yep. at any time. Anytime they want. They can just be like, I want a title match. But, okay, here uh, if Team WCW wins, 
everyone in the New World Order are banned from each and every WCW event for the next 36 months. This has also changed because it was initially just they can't wrestle for titles. Mm-hmm. Now they're saying, no, they can't even come in the building. Cool. And if Team Piper wins, Roddy gets a cage match with Hollywood Hogan at some point. Mm-hmm. They don't really specify that. So. Have we got all that? Is that clear? Do you need to rewind <laughs> a couple times and just check that out? Because it took me a while. So the match starts. Uh, Benoit is in there with Scott Hall and the Giant. Cool. Uh, once the giant gets going, he's completely dominant for the first five minutes uh, until he misses a corner charge and tumbles over the top rope to be eliminated yeah. at five o'clock at five minutes in. So they're like, if you get thrown over the top, you're eliminated. And then the giant just kind of trips over the top and they're like, <laughs> yeah. well, close enough. <sighs> Jeff Jarrett. Well, he had no time to prepare for the match. Like if he had known that over the top rope was an elimination, like maybe at some point over the last mm-hmm. month, he, he could have, de- you know, developed a different strategy other than running at someone while they're near the ropes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, Jeff Jarrett, Randy Savage, and Lex Luger come out next for their respective teams. Uh, then two minutes later, McMichael, Nash, and uh, Scotty come out. Uh, Benoit saves Jarrett from an outsider's edge, but Nash, big boots and clotheslines Jarrett out anyways to eliminate him at 9.20, so Jarrett's gone. Mongo tries a pile driver on Hall, but Hall knows better than that that you shouldn't backdrop someone when you're in that position, so Michaels is is eliminated too. And uh, Roddy Piper is making his way to the ring with half of his team already eliminated. Uh, (laughs) Good thing you took the horseman up on that offer Mm. there, Piper. That's really worked out well for you. And uh, Nash boots Steiner as he's crossed on the top rope to send him to the showers at 10.17. So we're 10 minutes into the match. Almost all the t- everyone's been eliminated already. Hogan saunters out to the ring with Dennis Robin- Rodman, like, pretending to hide a can of spray paint. I, I don't know. Um, uh, Piper takes Savage, who cost him the world title, if we recall, to the floor to choke him out with a chain. So the remaining men in the ring are Benoit, Hall, Nash, Luger, Savage, Piper, and Hogan. Uh, Hollywood finally enters the match and chokes Piper from behind with his t-shirt. Hogan tosses Piper through the ropes, which isn't how you eliminate, but just, you know, they make sure you know that. Uh, Piper pulls Hogan out to the floor for their monthly pay-per-view ringside brawl. Um, Hogan shoots Piper off the ropes to escape a headlock, and Rodman pulls the top rope down, and Piper goes over, so he's eliminated too. Roddy Piper was in this match for less than five minutes. (laughs) Hall gives Benoit the outsider's edge, and then Nash tosses him out to eliminate Benoit as well. Uh, so now Team Piper and most of Team WCW are eliminated, leaving Lex Luger against the entire NWO. Clotheslines are everywhere. Torture racks are everywhere. Uh, Nash takes a clothesline, goes over the top rope. Torture rack to Savage. He gives up immediately. Torture rack to Hall. He submits immediately, leaving just Luger and Hogan. And as Luger puts Hogan up in the torture rack, Nash grabs the ref while Randy Savage runs back in, breaks up the hold by smashing Luger in the face with Rodman's can of spray paint. So just to paint a picture here, Macho Man Randy Savage, who had been eliminated from the match, came back to the match grabbed the spray paint can from Dennis Robin, who was at ringside and had already interfered in the match once, was like, thanks, pal, took it, hit Luger with it, and Hogan covers him for the one, two, three to win the whole dang match. So if we go back 
after the pay-per-view rules, if Team NWO wins, they can take a title match anytime they want. So, cool. Good, good job. As the NWO <laughs> celebrates, though, who comes flying in from the ceiling? That's right. Sting. Did you say something about a limousine? And he's decided that he did not like the shirt or the <laughs> hug that he received from the NWO, and uh, he dares them to come get some. Scott Hall attacks first and gets beaten with a baseball bat. Then Sting takes Kevin Nash out at the knees. No, Sting, you aim higher. Get his quads. Uh, and uh, once they're done, Sting points at Hollywood Hogan as Dennis Robin gets, gets like, him excited like he's just like yeah you can do this Hulk you like standing behind him it's pretty funny um, yeah. Sting lays the ball bat down and which encourages Hogan to get into the ring with him for which is just like well he doesn't have a bat anymore I know he just beat <laughs> so, up my so friend now, now it's yeah. fine maybe he's just a man now maybe he just wants to talk I, I don't know <laughs> uh, so yeah Sting blocks a punch and fires back at Hogan Scorpion death drop and oops we're out of time we gotta go fans yeah, I mean, I love the stuff. I, I really like the stuff with Sting and Hogan. I mean, the crowd reaction that Sting gets at this point is so good. And Hogan, for all the things you want to say about Hogan, one of mm-hmm. the most impressive things I think I've ever seen Hogan do in his career is act scared of Sting. He is petrified of Sting. Like, Sting points a ball bat at Hollywood Hogan, and and, and Hogan just... He can't contain the fear that mm. is deep within him and comes out through his facial expressions. Mm. He is he is a Muppet once he gets going. And that, oh, yeah. It is one of the good things about him. But uh, that is uncensored. I don't know how to thank you guys. I don't know why to thank you guys. Yeah, and that was a, a very interesting main event. The whole end of that match was very similar to the end of the World War III three-ring yeah. battle royal, where it's all the NWO left and Lex Luger, but Lex Luger gives a heroic effort to eliminate almost all the members of the NWO, oh, but then he can't get the last and he loses. So yeah. It was basically the same ending. Pretty much. And now they will forget about who won this match and probably this match entirely for like three months. Yep, WCW stagnation. <laughs> Watch as everything stays the same. Yeah. Um, and if you liked that, well, I'm sure that WCW Nitro will give you some closure and follow-up on all these dangling plot threads. I was going to say, if you like that, then you're in luck, man. That low ball for uh, or low bar for wrestling entertainment is going to work well for you because mm-hmm. there's lots of things that are better. We're having a party tonight! You can call this the new world order of wrestling, brother! I'm gonna kick your ass! Nitro this week is, of course, coming to us on St. Patrick's Day as well. Um, It is in Savannah, Georgia. Which is, you know, nothing against it. It's just, that's where it is. And uh, let's start with the stuff that doesn't matter even a little bit. Okay. Uh, Ray Mysterio Jr. defeats Psychosis. Great. Conan and Hugh Morris defeat Joe Gomez and the Renegade. Cool. Uh, Dean Malenko defeats Scotty Riggs to retain his newly won WCW United States Championship uh, in a two-and-a-half-minute match, so congratulations on that big win there, Dino. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and... <laughs> you know what bothered me a little bit about this? Why is Riggs getting a U.S. title match the night after he lost to Buff Bagwell? Uh, well, I don't know. You know. 
Ah, well. Clearly, they're so they feel that the United States title is so important that uh, <laughs> they're giving a newly crowned champion two and a half minutes to show yeah, off well, his yeah. stuff. So, uh, and also Scott Norton defeated Chavo Guerrero. Um, Scott Norton, apparently, he's an angry guy too. Um, he nope. <laughs> he was pretty interesting on the nor- the dark side of the ring episode too. Mm. Yeah, yeah, very much so. It's funny because there's guys like Scott Norton that I'm like, what did he have to do with anything? And then you find out they were pretty instrumental in everything. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, some stuff that sort of matters, I guess. Uh, Gene Okerlund has an interview with Arn Anderson. Uh, Arn was pretty happy to see Sting come home last night. Woo! Yeah, Stinger! Uh, and then he's like, but not to make this about me, focus your attention on me. <laughs> he lets us know that his neck's been hurt since Halloween Havoc and that uh, now that the Horsemen are a unit again, which I guess happened off camera, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, he can take the leave to get it fixed. Also, he said that Kevin Sullivan's young son made him feel sad about hurting him a year ago, so when he's back, he's going to apologize. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, Arn. You don't have to do that one on TV, though. You can just, <laughs> yeah. we, we don't even need to hear about it after, to be honest. <laughs> you can leave a message. It's fine. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett and Steve McMichael defeat Alex Wright and Mark Starr. Uh, after a bit of a brawl, Gene informs us the horsemen will be taking on Public Enemy at Spring Stampede. So Mongo takes the fans to task for booing Deborah. How dare they? And uh, Deborah says that Johnny Grunge's girlfriend should be an artist because she sure is great at drawing flies. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> In other horseman news, Chris Benoit wins a squash, Ric Flair dances, and nobody cares. Woo! Uh, DDP defeated Max, because he has two X's, with uh, the diamond cutter after a minute and a half, then cuts a uh, an interview with Gene, mm-hmm. talking about Savage and Liz, who, you know, assaulted them last night, and really DDP probably should still be fairly hurt from that, but you know what? Maybe the Max just is that bad. I don't know. Um, says that uh, he threatens to murder them both, which, you know, summons hey. Macho Man in the crowd with Liz. They're just like, someone conjured us. That's great. <laughs> uh, and he asks Liz if he should give DDP a match right now, and Paige is like, I'll do that. Let's fight, bro. And uh, Savage is like, eh, should I give it to him later? And Paige is like, I don't want that, bro. And Liz is like, Uh, and uh, Paige decides that he's going to take matters into his own hands and tries to go running in the crowd, but Savage and Liz escape before he gets there, so he's still mad at them. Uh, Yeah, it's interesting, though, because they're doing the the couple versus couple, even though Randy and Liz aren't married at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, You know, obviously, they're a famous on-screen wrestling tandem, and now... now you know, DDP, they're introducing Kimberly into his act as well now that she's, you know, a famous Playboy centerfold and stuff. So, you know, we got DDP and Kimberly against uh, Macho Man and Liz. In a match that will give birth to the Nitro Girls. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lex Luger and the Giant defeat the absolutely stunning team of T. Rantula and mm-hmm. Knuckles Nelson. <laughs> yeah, m- maybe... If they don't want to use these actual wrestlers anymore, I, I can understand that. But you have to use the names again. Yes. There needs to be a Knuckles Nelson 2.0 in wrestling. Oh, without question. 
fantastic wrestling name. Knuckles Jr. or something. I don't know. but Or or just like the establishment that Knuckles can be a first name in wrestling. I loved these names so much. I didn't even bother researching them because I didn't (laughs) want to have it just like spoiled for me. I didn't oh, want there, to have its greatness taken away. There's basically nothing. I don't neither one of them really did anything. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, Lex and the giant head up to the ramp where they are met by Mean Gene and uh, Lex talks about how what great news it is that Sting came home to WCW, which everyone's just kind of assuming, I have to say. Like uh this isn't the first time Sting's been like eh, NWO and also been like eh, WCW. So, okay. Uh, it's funny because people love to make really big assumptions about who Sting's with, but Sting never says anything. He's yeah. never said a word. Yeah. Uh, Lex says Sting has reaffirmed his faith in WCW, Mankind, and all of the fans. So, <laughs> well. Because <laughs> the last time we actually heard from Sting, he told everyone in WCW to screw off because they didn't trust him. Yeah. So... I don't know why they think he's with them. You know what? Fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's okay. Um, we also received zero updates on Piper's family or Roddy Piper himself. Um, mm-hmm. We re- get zero updates on like what anyone plans to do about Uncensored. In fact, strangely enough, WCW seems to think that Uncensored was like a big win for them somehow. Okay, I have lots of questions. I, well, I always do when I watch WCW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so without spoiling anything for people who don't know what happens, mm-hmm. I was really – I went into Uncensored very convinced Roddy Piper's team was winning. Mm. And now Roddy Piper, he got eliminated real early, and he's now not on the show here. Mm. I'm wondering if there was a decision made maybe for – like maybe they thought Piper was going to stay on for a little while and then they decided last minute, ah, maybe we'll have Piper go away for a bit and we'll come back and we'll do another thing with him and Hogan later in the year. Maybe. Maybe. I, I, or maybe like, Piper's I don't team was going to win and then someone with a big mustache came in and was like, I got a better idea, brother. Yeah, I'd say that that is a, a definite possibility as well. Well, definitely lots of things regarding Piper in this match were changed. Mm-hmm. Because at first he was going to have John Tenta. And two other guys. Luth- Luther Reigns, I think. Yeah, who, yeah. Who had a cup of coffee in I've... WWE. Yeah, and just two guys, basically. And then the very next week they made excuses to get those guys out of the match. Mm-hmm. But they also said that, they would have his back, like his family would have his back mm-hmm. in the match, but they weren't there at all, so they did not have his back. No. So, no. no. I don't know. They, like maybe Piper's away. They never away mailed and... back the kilts. <laughs> maybe there's going to be like, it's going to be revealed that like Piper had to take time away. Like his his family, like. It's going to be revealed. You know, they were it was having 25 years squabbles. ago. We'd know if it was going to be revealed. <laughs> Okay, I don't know. Fair to say, if something hasn't been revealed in 25 years and many of the people involved in it have passed away, then yeah, it's probably not coming out. Okay, I can admit that now. Now that everybody realizes who everybody's working for, I mean, my God. So that brings us, of course, to the stuff that matters. 
Eh? On Nitro. Um, <laughs> about halfway through the show, the Ultimo Dragon defeats Bobby Eaton, and I'm going somewhere with this. Um, <laughs> that's I tell you that because Dragon is still celebrating in the ring where the when the NW music fires up, and Hollywood Hogan leads all the troops down to the aisle. Bischoff's up first and tells the fans that they're welcome for the great show at Uncensored. Um, that was a huge win at, thanks to their newest member. That's Dennis Rodman. He's not there, but, you know, that mm-hmm. guy. Um his ability to hold a spray paint can, unmatched. <sighs> Hogan says that everyone in the world has bowed to them and realized that wh- whatever they've said they would do has come true. Uh, that anyone, anytime, anywhere, they're a target. Um, there's nothing he would rather see than Randy Savage kicking DDP's butt. Kind of a weird time to jump into that, Hulk, but okay. Um, <laughs> Savage says that uh, the NWO makes dreams happen. And that he will take the offer, which I think he's talking about the match with DDP that they seem to be making without DDP in the room, which is interesting. Uh, Savage is pretty funny in this like weird subservient role. It's it's, it's kind of interesting. Uh, Eric now has a special announcement regarding the tag titles, and Nash drops it to us that the Outsiders will graciously give the Steiners a tag title shot at Spring Stampede in just two weeks for no reason. And... Then they leave. (laughs) Uh, Later in the show, the Outsiders actually have a match against Bunkhouse Buck and Mike Enos. Yes, finally! The year-long Mike Enos versus the Outsiders feud is culminating in this title match. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure the announcers brought up the long-storied history between these celebrated... Mm-hmm. professional wrestlers or mm-hmm. it was a squash match. And then they cut to some pre-taped comments what? from Hollywood Hogan and Dennis Rodman in the NWO black and white style. Oh, so even, <laughs> even during matches where he's wrestling the NWO, Mike Enos gets interrupted by the NWO. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Where uh, is the, the the head of Turner that relieved er- or suspended Eric Bischoff a few weeks ago? Is he coming in to, to take charge in any of this? Mm-hmm. No? Okay. Well, you know, he's he's got things to do, I guess. Championship and booking committees well, and all. Well, the interesting thing about that is, like, a few weeks ago, we have this big segment where Eric Bischoff is suspended. He doesn't have any... He's like, oh, we're taking away your matchmaking ability. Mm-hmm. And then he's back out there smiling, uh, you know, later on in the show. And then a, a few weeks later, the NWO wins this match, which means they can make matches whenever they want. So seemingly, Eric Bischoff has gotten all of those powers just handed right back to him. Yeah. Well, in, a, in a matter of a few weeks. So why even bother with that segment where the Warner guy came out? He must have converted his contract to an NWO contract. <laughs> yeah. Like MK Wall Street. That's going to be it. Um, so anyways, in this little vignette with Dennis Rodman, Hogan says that Sting was stung, and Rodman's like, yeah, he was, obviously not knowing what he is talking about. Yeah. Later, the Steiner brothers wrestle Harlem Heat. Uh, there's NWO interference. Um, this is the main event, by the way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're in the match, and uh, they brawl while Scotty beats Booker in the face, but all of a sudden, the whole NWO hits the ring, and a huge brawl erupts. Even Tony remarks at this point, this is exactly what they did last night. So, at least, WCW is nothing if not self-aware. 
<laughs> Tony, you can't get in that habit. Man. You're gonna be saying that every single show. Like, yeah, this happened last week and the week before. It's like, Tony, no, you you have to remind. Um, forget. Uh, this isn't gonna put butts in seats. Tony, remember that line. We're gonna use that later. <laughs> Uh, Hall and Nash work over Rick Steiner on the floor while Hogan's leading the beat down in the ring. The crowd's calling for Sting, but instead they get great value Sting, which is the equivalent of Lex Luger and the Giant. WCW starts to even the score, uh, and they clear the NWO out of the ring to a huge pop. Then six WC- the six WCW Defenders, which, by the way, is a name they really should have gone with, um, <laughs> are standing tall in the ring as the NWO backs off. So I guess they mean Luger, the Giant, the Steiners, and Harlem Heat are the six. That makes me angry. Just then, the camera pans up and Sting repels in from the roof to a huge pop, and Tony once again is like... Just like last night. <laughs> this was what was on the pay-per-view. Man, if I was watching the pay-per-view and then I saw this on free TV the next night, I'd say to myself, well, don't buy the pay-per-view. You'll see the Tony, shut up. <laughs> if I was oh. considering purchasing an encore presentation, <laughs> I don't know if I, I, know I would that, anymore. <laughs> I know that uh, t- tomorrow night they're going to rerun the pay-per-view. And in 1997, that's still... A uh, significant source of income for the company, but I wouldn't buy it because Tony, shut up. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so Sting's in the ring. Hogan locks eyes on him, and Sting points the bat at him, and that's the end of the show. Because why you know would it be? You know, it's funny though. As we were reviewing this, uh, I realized that, like when we were talking about uncensored, and I was talking about the end of uncensored. In my mind, I was actually picturing the end of Nitro. But talking about the end of Uncensored, like, that's how similar they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, quite disappointing. In many ways, I felt that WCW was moving away from the last month. And the last month has been terrible for WCW. Mm -hmm. Their main event feuds have actually been really good for the last year, I've found. Like, the Hogan and Macho Man, the Hogan and Piper, it's been great. But this whole like like that three team feud that never made any sense kind of colored the whole last month of, of WCW and made it really not great. Yeah. But now the main focus is that Hogan is petrified of Sting. Yeah. And it's kind of back to it's like okay this is good again. Like Sting versus Hogan as a major feud is good. DDP versus Randy Savage as a major feud is good. And the Outsiders versus Lex Luger and Giant as a feud is good. They have three angles happening now, which didn't factor into the last pay-per-view, but are good angles, right? Like, there was no good angles going into Uncensored. They were all bad. But now they've got three really good ones. So it's like, all right, you know what? This this episode wasn't that great. The last pay-per-view was kind of terrible. But you're now moving into territory where it's like, okay, I actually believe that you're that it's going to be pretty good leading up to spring stampede again. It's, it's all going to be okay. It's, yeah, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. There's three good angles. Vaccines are rolling out. I think everything's going to be all right. <laughs> well, that does of course bring us to the tail of the tape for the evening. And I mean, in spite of everything you just said and are correct about, uh, raw gets the win this week because it's amazing. Raw would get the win even if every other segment other than the Bret Hart one was absolutely terrible, right? Like, mm-hmm. that 
Bret Hart Vince Mc or promo uh, in the in the cage that's half up still. Yep, is one of the most iconic wrestling promos of all time. One of the best promos that Bret Hart, or possibly possibly the best promo that Bret Hart ever gave, mm-hmm. and it just sets the tone for what's going to happen in professional wrestling for the for years to come. Mm. It would have been almost impossible for WCW to do something to to top that segment. Hmm, right? What's that? You want me to hold your beer, WCW? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but uh, you know, I mean, I, mean I, I just don't think there was any topping that. And like sometimes I'm feeling like God, like for the last few months here, we've just been crapping on WCW over and over again. It's like, well, they sort of brought that on themselves. I guess. like, mm-hmm. you know, but, and, and so like part of me is like, okay, like what are some positives here of WCW? Like what are things that they're doing better than WWE? And there are things that they're doing better. And I mentioned the three angles that I, I think are, are really going to be fun over the, the next week. None of them top mm-hmm. what, what Bret Hart did and what Bret Hart and Steve Austin are going to do at the next pay-per-view. Like, you know, that's that stuff's easily the most exciting stuff going on in wrestling at this point. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And uh, we will have it all for you next week as it unfolds. Uh, before we go, though, a little something about letters. What in the hell is this crap? So, yeah, we got a message on our Instagram account, which is uh, WGW.WrestlingsGreatestWar. So you can just Google, start searching WGW. It will pop up. Uh, you can send us a message there or at our email address, which is WGWPod at uh, gmail.com. Uh, but we got a message from a nice young man named Nick Opaluski, which... I assume is how you pronounce his name. Opelski, Opeluski, whatever. Um, great guy. And he asked us to uh, review for him, specifically, mm-hmm. um, WrestleMania three. Yeah, Nick's got great taste because mm-hmm. the second you said that to me, I was like, yeah, totally. Give me an excuse to watch WrestleMania three again. I'm up for it. Totally for sure. So yeah. we are going to do that at some point in the coming weeks. And we are going to post it as an exclusive uh, on spoilerfreewrestling.com and Woo. hopefully this will you know gives you we'll let you know exactly how to find it and where to get it and stuff like that but you know let's draw a few eyeballs to the uh, the product and uh, perhaps uh, a few more listeners into my ear holes and so on and so <laughs> forth um, so yeah it's it's kind of a neat thing that we're gonna try out um, if you have a wrestling website and would like an exclusive little WGW review of a, a pay-per-view event uh, or something. They're not going to be like two-hour-long in-depth discussions, but we'll have some fun with it. Um, please let us know. You drop us a message, drop us an email, whatever. Um, and if uh, if you don't, then... I don't <laughs> we tr- will come directly to you and ask you if you have any questions for us. Yeah, exactly. If you can... It's a matter of uh, efficiency. <laughs> It'd be a lot easier, you know? <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's kind of fun, and, and hopefully we'll will help us uh, improve our, uh, our 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 tentacle hold <laughs> on this this era of wrestling because there's so much more fun stuff to come and also you know if you want us just to do a review or record a video talking about any aspect of your life like yeah here, really 
you know, send us some video like, you know, hey, I was uh, I had, uh, you know, here here's me kind of going about my day. Do you have any thoughts or opinions? Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, I might say something along the line. I was like, oh, OK, well, Steve ran some errands today. I thought that was mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty good. You know, that's that's going to build towards his next pay-per-view. Well, mm-hmm. uh, I think the major angles going on in his life are coherent and, mm-hmm. and have got the audience interested, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, th- okay. I think we can really break it down in terms that uh, the layman can understand. So. Mm-hmm. so, yeah, if you want to do that, please let us know. We're here, and we're uh, it's a pandemic, so we got nothing else to do. So, <laughs> yeah, 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 by all means, let us know, and uh, we'll take it forward. Um, until then, though, Instagram, WGW, email, WGWpod at gmail.com, website, spoilerfreewrestling.com, World Weird. Keep calm, watch wrestling. <laughs> I'm Jeff Moss. He's. I'm Ian Carey. And yeah, I think we covered the bases. So I think we're good. Yeah. Um, and, and now we can go watch WrestleMania 13. Yes, we can. I'm, I'm really excited. Me too. It's going to be great as a certain time. Best WrestleManias of all time. I'm, I'm, I am legitimately yeah. excited to watch Bret Hart versus Steve Austin and legitimately frightened to watch uh, the Nation of Domination versus LOD and Ahmed Johnson. Someone's going to die. Someone's going to die. So, we'll see you next week then, friends, right here on WGW Wrestling's Greatest War.